As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Doug hates candy wrappers, screaming baby sticky seeds with 50 as a popcorn kernels in his teeth. There's still not one that he won't see, cause Doug loves movies. Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Doug, and I love Mondays. This is Doug Loves Movies coming to you once again from the heart of madness for another Homes Alone edition. It's Sunday, July 5th, 2020. My guests today are Matt Fernandez, Casim G, and Dan Kirk. Hello. Yay. Hello. It's usually like a big, big applause at that <laughs> part. But instead, it's just everybody sheepishly saying, well, hey, what's up? Um, let's meet my guests individually and alphabetically, starting with phoning it in from Florida. It's Matt Fernandez. Hey, Matt. Hey, thanks for uh, distracting me from everything going on in my nightmare of a state right now. I really appreciate it. What, uh, what's the deal with Florida? Was the, uh, were the fireworks crazy last night? They were going off till about 2 a.m. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nuts. And L.A. goes, goes 24 hours, I think, at this point. Uh, uh, but it's still crazy, right? And, and I didn't, so, are they legal in L.A.? Being, what's that? Are they legal in L.A.? <laughs> that doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, I know. Not that it matters. <laughs> I just know that you guys are, you know, always on fire. Yeah. No, there's like, there's like sparklers and ground ones and, you know, maybe a bottle rocket you could, you could buy legally, but uh, most of the, like the big ones that shoot up into the sky and explode, those are illegal. I don't know where everybody's getting them, but man, like whoever's selling that stuff is probably the richest person alive. They had a big year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah such a big year. Those are, those are everywhere here. <laughs> I'd like it. I'd enjoy it more if all, if all the fireworks were not only illegal but also stolen in the first place. Like it makes me sad that these people are putting so much of their money into fireworks. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's a stock that goes straight up and then fizzles out. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Matt, have you done any stand-up comedy uh, in Florida since this? Uh, since I assume some we of the were. Yeah, I run a show at a brewery in Palm Harbor, and we did uh, we did shows for about a month before they were like, "All right, we got to shut down again." So uh, I did a few shows 
but not enough to really feel like I got back into the swing of things. Does feel good though to do it though, right? Oh, it was it was so I was giddy the first time back on stage. I couldn't stop smiling like a fucking <laughs> goon. I was so happy, but uh, it, yeah, I miss it. It's I can't wait for it to come back normal again. Fair enough. Uh, also joining us today is Kasim G. It's been a minute. How you doing? I know. Thanks for having me back. It's it's probably been close to four years. So nice to to hear you. Yeah, that's crazy. I I know that you used to you know come on the uh, getting dug with high uh, pretty frequently because you live so close by. We could call you. I was so I was the most available guest you had, yeah. and and I because of that, there and I had to get in. sober, and uh, that's what happened. I got sober, and it's been four. It's been three and a half years of no weed for me, which I, I'm sorry to you know disappoint any of the getting dug with uh, high fans, but. Uh, that's, you know, that, that was, uh, that was a different part. <laughs> that was a different part of our relationship and hopefully we can pick it up here on Doug's Love Movies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you did, you did do Douglas Movies before as well. And, uh, you know, I think you're great on, uh, on any show I do. You'll I'm take me happy. sober. <laughs> yeah. and, but that's, um, that's also, uh, you know, I feel a little bad about how many, for how many years, did I just reach out every once in a while and say, hey, come back on Getting Done With High, and you had to remind me. That no, you, you, know what? you know what? I, I don't think it was maybe more than once or twice, and I was <laughs> honestly more just embarrassed that I had to be like, I'm, kinda, I'm just sober now. Like, it's, it sounds like I'm basically telling you I'm no fun anymore. Like, just get somebody else. But uh, I, was, I was always a little – I hope Doug still likes me. That was always kind of my, my position. <laughs> You're always nice about it. <laughs> When I first well, met Doug, uh, I couldn't smoke weed. I was uh, on probation, and uh, yeah, that's that sucks. It sucks. To, <laughs> yeah. It sucks to work with Doug when you really aren't smoking weed. Yeah, I, since I've stopped talking to Doug, my life has gotten infinitely better. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's uh, true as well for our third guest today. And you know, and I gotta say, it's it's been a minute since we've had all men, and boy, does it feel great. Uh, <laughs> it's Dan Van Kirk. Hey, Dan. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? Um, you were in LA last night, yes? Mm hmm. How'd that work out for you? Oh, I just put on some war movies and it just felt like surround sound. Mm. So it was great. Which ones did you watch? Fury. I oh, love that's great. Fury. That's the one where Shia LaBeouf knocked out his own tooth for the character. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt cut his own hair. So it's about even. <laughs> <laughs> They're both so committed. So committed. Um, yeah. That, I guess, I suppose that would be a really good one to watch because it's probably a lot of uh, explosions throughout that movie. Yeah. A lot and of heavy so, artillery. Yeah. A lot of muffled ones because they're inside a tank. That's true. Yes. That as well. Yeah. So you're inside your home tank. Mm -hmm. uh, watching Fury. Right. And, and just uh, like in that movie, every time things go bad, I just start yelling out greatest job I ever had. Yeah. Best job I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I have two Fury fans in, in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that movie got shit on a lot, but I, I loved it. I love John Bernthal's character. Oh, I, yeah. I loved, I loved how. Yeah, yeah, Michael Pena is so funny. The whole story he's talking about how he, they had to kill all those horses. You know how you kill a horse? 
you gotta pet it and pet it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's a there's there's like it's one of the saddest bum out movies. Yeah, it's too, it's too real. It's too war. Like it, they're it's like too hey, war. You want to sure, yeah. see war? Here's war. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that in the dome. One of the few movies I've seen in the arc light dome. And I, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. I thought everyone was acting circles around Brad Pitt. I don't know if I, I feel, you know, I'm the only one that feels that way, but he does that thing where he furrows his brows a lot, but everyone else seemed like they were, you know, embodying actual characters, but you know, it's cool. He looks great when he's dirty. <laughs> he does. He really does. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that movie, um, the, the guy that, uh, wrote and directed it, he also did that great movie with Jill and Hall and Pena, uh, end of watch. Love end of watch. That's a great yeah. movie. That would be especially scary to watch in, in sitting in your home in Los Angeles right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, cause that movie, every, everything that could happen to a cop happens over the course of that movie. It's crazy. Uh-huh. So much, so much incident. That also falls um, into a category of movie, like movies that take place over the course of a year. Like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, End of Watch. I'm trying to think of other movies that take a year to tell. Well, I mean, the three hundred sixty-five days. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, three hundred sixty-five. Solid zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that Netflix movie is that zero. Yeah. yeah. It's just we watched a few minutes of it. It's just uh, like a, it's like a, a porn with it's like a soap opera with pornographic scenes. Really? It's yeah. really strange. I might check it out. I'm yeah. Not- there's another movie on Netflix right now called Love by uh, Gaspar Noe, and uh, it starts with a scene where a woman's blowing a dude while he's fingering her, and it's and it's you see all of it. That's it starts oh, yeah. like that, and then at the end of that scene, then the title card comes up. I'm just like Netflix has something that like if anybody's just scrolling through because it's it's even in the top ten on Netflix right now, I think. So any child could just click on it, and that's the very first image. See, it's crazy. <laughs> Interior day, fingers in puss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another. What's another movie? It starts out with a sex scene before the devil knows you're dead. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is there? Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street yeah, yeah. starts with them blowing coke into a girl's asshole. <laughs> oh, is that? What is that? I made the, mis- that- I made the mistake of taking uh, my parents to see that movie, and it got uncomfortable real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what does that do, though, if it's blown up your ass? Does it have the same effect as if you snorted it? I'm not going to talk like I know about it. <laughs> Something cool, I bet. As, I don't somebody, know. <laughs> as somebody who wants to know about it, uh, I assume it's the same as alcohol. Like you get, it gets right into your system super fast. Yeah, real thin membranes right around there. Oh, so wait, so that's the same deal? You could get super drunk through your ass? Oh, yeah. You've never heard of vodka tampons? I think I have, but I just thought that was about Russian vampires. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, there's people who do that. It's, uh, I believe it's called butt chugging, but we have really gone off oh. now. <laughs> Damn, okay. Well, uh, I learned a little bit today. <laughs> and I hope you guys 
I've learned a lot of bit in your life about movies because mm-hmm. it's time for me to say, oh, the game of me good. Uh, we're going to start today with a game called Whose Tagline Is It Anyway? Um, that's where I go to you individually and uh, we'll, we'll go in alphabetical order, just like the introductions. I'll say a tagline from a real movie. And then if the first person can't name it, the second person gets a chance. And so does the third. And uh, if nobody names it, nobody gets the point. But there will be a theme that will emerge over the course of the game. So that should help narrow it down because there's certainly almost as many taglines as there are motion pictures. And last time I counted, there's over 2,000 movies have been made. Let's do it. That's not a that number's probably a little low. All right. Uh, <laughs> Matt Fernandez. Yeah. What movie has or had, depending on how you look at it, this tagline? From zero to hero. Uh, Shazam? That's a great guess. He certainly did that. I don't know if you call a child a zero, though. I guess. <laughs> Uh, Kasim, what do you think? Uh, I want to say Rudy or Lucas. Can I do two? <laughs> let's go. Let's go with. Be real uh, if you pick the wrong let's one, go. Lu- sure. Let's go, Lucas. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, neither of those is correct. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I love both of those guesses. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Rudy is like. I don't know how much lower you could set the bar for achievement that deserves a bunch of cheering at the end of a movie than him entering the, going on the field and playing in one play at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, and he jumps off sides too. They just didn't call the pen. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, has anyone done any, anything less than that to be the hero at the end? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. That's crazy. Uh, Dan Kirk, what do you think of this? I want to say, I want to say Angus, hmm. Hmm. but I'm going to go with, I also want to say Hitchcock. Uh, I won't do any of those. I'll go mystery men. <laughs> Why would the tagline be describing one person and then the movie is about... <laughs> they all did it. They all went from zero to hero. Serious man. Zeros to heroes is what it would be, though. Yeah, I guess. Fine, I'll go Hitchcock, <laughs> even though that's not right either. I could choose any of those wrong answers, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the correct answer uh, is a motion picture from... What year is that? 1994 called mm. The Mask. Oh, oh Jim Carrey. All over my Hulu yeah, splash. Yeah, movie. yeah. I just yes. watched the mask. <laughs> okay, next up. Here's another one for you, Matt. Nobody's got a point yet. Sometimes the most unlikely people become heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say mystery men? 
Please tag along and describe like every it's movie ever turn, made. You, you were allowed to say it. Uh, but uh, Matt has to make a guess. Heroes. I'll, I'll say Mystery Men for this one. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. Damn it. Kasim? Uh... And Dan, do you have any suggestions for something to, for Kasim to guess? <laughs> the, <laughs> the Incredibles. Oh, I like that. Yeah, the terrible guess, but yeah, that's my guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, sometimes the most unlikely people become heroes, Dan. <sighs> I'm going to go with Yeah, whisper it. Heroes. <sighs> I know it does feel like you're like gonna be smarter if you whisper. <laughs> um, uh, I'll go with Jumanji. The reboot. <laughs> that re- that's oh, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle? Yeah, that's definitely not correct when you give me the full title. <laughs> yeah, the tagline probably references something about the jungle or something. I don't know. Yeah. This movie is from 1983, I think. And it is called simply mask. Wow. Okay. we got a strong yeah. hunch going into got this it. next one, which really goes against my, uh, statement about from zero to hero about how, why would that be multiple people? Right. Whereas Mask, there's just the one, the main guy, right? And they're saying he's the hero, but they use a plural. I wonder if we're all thinking of the same movie right now. Um, I don't know. It's a really famous movie. (laughs) No, but not the starring Sharon, Sam Elliott, and Eric Stoltz and Laura Dern called mask i don't know what other movie oh no i meant i meant for the next question i wonder if oh. we're thinking of the movie. but now i'm thinking of two things oh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of two yeah yeah You're turning this into some sort of chess game and getting ahead of me <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i mean i'm happy to talk about Cher's performance in mask uh, but really I, I guess they were all heroes sure they were all uplifting each other um, okay, so no points yet, but we're back to you, Matt. What movie had the tagline, The Night He Came Home? Hmm. I'll go, uh, The Mask of Zorro? <laughs> That takes place on a night he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had my guests ready. I, did. <laughs> Zorro, I, came home. I came home and then I don't know. How did he become Zorro? Something happened. Yeah, that's true. He has to have an origin story. And that probably does involve nighttime or coming home. For sure. Kasim? <sighs> the man in the iron mask. I love it. Dan? Masquerade. (laughs) Masquerade 2024. Uh, 
uh, it's uh, the night he came home is in reference to a gentleman uh, who wears a mask named Michael Myers. Oh, oh. That's, that's the tagline for Halloween. I, I was what a curveball. Like, pretty memorable tagline the night he came home. But also, I I tried to throw you off by not emphasizing the word he. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the night he came home is, is I think, uh, in bold, he is in bold letters on the a poster. This is exciting. We've got a three-way tie. Yeah. You guys, you know what's got, you know what's up. You know where this is going. Matt, what movie had the tagline? When freedom is a memory and justice is outlawed, the just must become outlaws. The Mask of Zorro. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a great tagline for the world right now. For sure. It's a very, very long tagline. It goes on and on, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that means you're on the board. You've got a point, Matt. Congrats, Matt. Oh, thanks. So yeah, well done. <laughs> Uh, Kasim, you get to go first though on this next one. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, for the honor of a king and the destiny of a country, all for one. <laughs> all for one. King Arthur? No. Arthur? <laughs> no. The, the mask? Order? No. Um, We're still doing the mask thing, right? Is, what's that? We're still doing the mask stuff. <laughs> you've uh, you've had your turn. Yeah. All right. Dan. The Three Musketeers. No, that's all for one and one for all. Says Brian Adams and Rod Stewart. All the great singers. That sounds scratchy. Somebody else. All the all the singers with sore throats say it. <laughs> what do you think it is, Matt? You could really the run away. Iron Mask, right? What's that? The man in the Iron Mask. Correct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like the three. I thought. Yeah. yeah. No, that all for one is just like I guess that's a spin on the Three Musketeers. Like, oh, but this is just one guy in a mask. Right, and then I started thinking, like, is there a movie just called D'Artagnan? <laughs> That's a great idea. That would be good. He's always lumped in with those other ones. He should get his own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So that means I think Matt's gonna win this thing, but I love I love to keep going. So we'll go to you, Cassim. Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Man in the Iron Mask too. Um <laughs> The next generation of mischief. Ooh. Yeah. Son of the mask. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Figure it out. I think it's Michael Bolton for the third singer in the All for One and All for Love song. <laughs> he sings it too? I think it I think it's Rod Stewart, Michael Bolton, and Brian Adams. How does Bolton sound when he sings it? Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's see here. I've got one more, but it's stupid. So 
I mean, it's not stupid. It's kind of a tiebreaker. And so that means that Matt officially wins that game. Yay. Good job. Good job, Matt. But I was for a tiebreaker. I was going to see who could answer first. So guys just play, play along and see who could say the answer first. What movie's theme song is called Suicide is Painless? Mash. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was funny that the answer was always mask and then and then the last one is mash. <laughs> for some reason I felt like you were like I felt like you were gonna go with an eyes wide shut too, just because of the role that masks play in that. Masks, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean there's lots of opportunities for, for uh mask situations, but I was just so happy so many movies just have the word mask right there <laughs> in the title. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so in case this game didn't drive the point home, everyone should wear masks. And we are going to go to a brief commercial message, and we'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. We're back. I told you that it was going to be short, and I hope everybody goes and buys whatever was discussed. Matt Fernandez, you won uh, the last game, so that means that you get some uh, control in our second and final determining game of today. It's the game called Last Person Standing, and uh, you get to pick an actor or actress you get to strategically choose who you think you're going to know more of the titles of their movies than uh, Kasim or Dan or me because I like to play along on this one so whose uh, filmography uh, you've played this game before Matt yeah right? yeah I'm yeah. just I want to do like weird uh, uh, Willem Dafoe Oh, this is terrific. I hope none of you name a movie that I'm not positive about because I don't do any fact checking. Because <laughs> that makes games less fun. The person who is looking it up on their phone when you're all trying to figure something out mm. is the least fun person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to make a game out of it. Uh, okay, so we're going Willem Dafoe. And uh, yeah, that's it. Just we'll take turns. We'll start with Matt and then Katzen and then Dan and then me. Go ahead. Give, give us oh, the first right. one, Matt. Yeah, you go first. Uh, John uh, Wick. To choose from all of them. What? John Wick. Oh. That's interesting. Because you could set Willem somebody Dafoe's else up for failure with that. Kasim? Uh, Spider-Man. That's a good one. Dan? Spider-Man 2. 
All right, I might as well just say Spider-Man 3 to get that out of the way. <laughs> Back to you, Matt. The Florida Project. Um, I, I really like that movie. I love that movie, yeah. yeah. It's so, I don't know, I find it so strangely uplifting at the end, even though it's just kind of a fantastical ending. And I love how they stole those shots. They just went to Disney, went to Disney World and just followed those girls yeah. rocking the little camera and hope nobody stopped them. Yeah. And then the most expensive lawyers in the world told Disneyland, <laughs> Disney World, let's just let this one go. Yeah. Because that. that's, Disney, that's World, even more awesome. Disney World didn't want to be fighting against an independent feature. Mm-hmm. That would look ends bad for with them. Uh, ends with very <laughs> this weird kind of fantasy Disneyland. Yeah, it yeah. ends with the sentiment that like every child just wants to be happy and go there. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's good. Um, just the colors through that movie, like I, you know, I love that street where it takes place in, in yeah. Kissimmee, Florida, because it's just it's all uh, mini golf and I, I used to live in Kissimmee. What one of one of really? the worst places? Yeah, yeah, my dad. My dad worked at the uh, the uh, Marriott there, right by Disney Disney World, and it is just such such a shithole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really a awful street unless you are a you know mini golf enthusiast, which I am. Right. I I swear I was there with a comic one time, and we were there for a few days doing a gig, and I think we played most of them, most of the. <laughs> Uh, oh, um, but also Kasim and Kasimi so close to, but did you get a hard time about that? No, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't get a hard time about it. Although this is the first time I actually put those two together and, uh, <laughs> and I thank you for bringing that to my, <laughs> Oh my God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Every, anytime I say it, people always go, yeah, kiss me, dude. Yeah. Cool. Kiss, kiss me. And, um, that you know that always gets super old, but uh, I only spent six years there, so the rest I yeah. grew up in Southern California, so I consider myself a California boy. All right. Well, either way, I mean, close to a Disney park, so that's yeah. Don't don't fault me break. for living there. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, you know, like I said, that movie really captures that uh, that area. It's, it does uh, absolutely. That's yeah. just most of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The amount of loose skaters that are walking around the highway is staggering. Yep. It's like unbelievable yep. how they just let them walk around. Random purple and green apartment buildings. You just, that's, yeah. that's Florida. So strange. Well, good luck down there, Matt. Castle, <laughs> uh, it's your turn again. Um, well, I haven't gone. Oh, okay. Where'd you go? I mean, didn't Matt just gave the most recent? Oh, that's answer. right. I'm so sorry. I did go. Look at me, guys. <laughs> Look. At um, me. I'll I'll say I'll say Boondock Saints. I think that was one of my oh, okay. earlier Willem Dafoe movies. Now it's your turn, Dan. It is. I completely forgot going. Uh, I'll go to the lighthouse. Oh yeah. Yeah. That reminds me. I gotta masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that um <laughs> or i could have gone that reminds me i have to beat a beat a bird to death yeah that movie is so yeah, weird fuck a mermaid puss 
<laughs> oh man, I can't. We might have to edit that out because I don't. Oh, want I'm sorry. Mermaids. I don't have any mermaids. I'd have to penetrate a, a mermaid's lower half. <laughs> I wish I wish I could think of a Willem Dafoe mermaid movie, but I don't think that's a thing. So I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to get close to it though. I'm going to say uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Mm. Are you ready for this, mm. Aquaman? <laughs> you, you saying fuck a mermaid puss reminded me that he was in Aquaman. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, man. <laughs> Aquaman. Back to you, Kasim. Um, Loved him in American Psycho. Oh, yeah. As the detective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this, this is. I'm. I'm. Uh, titles are flooding into my head. This is exciting, Dan. Um, thank you for everybody who hasn't said the only ones I remembered. I've, unless something dawns on me, this might be it. Uh, but oh, I no. for now I can go with Platoon. Yeah. Yeah. I will say. I'm going to go back to what I think is the first time I ever saw him on screen. It was immediately like, that guy's awesome. He's wearing what looks like garbage bag fashioned into uh, overalls. And that's in a movie called Streets of Fire. Hmm. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting movie. It's Walter Hill. Uh, probably right after around 48 hours and um, some people love it that's what I'll say about it mm. <laughs> people who get into the soundtrack like it locks it's not a lot of music in it. Matt uh, I just oh yeah uh, the reason I said him was uh, Inside Man we just watched that last night oh yeah and he is in there great bank heist movie yep mm. God, I mean, Spike Lee directed that, and now I'm starting to realize, I wonder if there's a, a great American director, or foreign director too, because he works with, uh, internationally, uh, who, you know, is there a great director out there that's never worked with Willem Dafoe? I, I, I feel like there might not be. I mean, Hitchcock, obviously, but other than that, <laughs> he's not out there anymore. <laughs> um, back to Kasim. Yeah, this I've been saving this one because I'm pretty sure none of you have seen it, but I watched it on Disney Plus. It's Togo. The story about the sled dog. Dog sledding, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for dog movies good. too, you know, because I, I I have a dog and I like to think I have a bond with my dog. I love movies like Hachi, you know, and, and things where there's a, a, a man and a dog and the two have the, just the deepest bond as close as you could have without it, without it being sexual. And it's, uh, I think the last Willem Dafoe movie in my bank, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Disney's Togo. Okay. Did you see that, uh, Harrison Ford call of the wild? No, I, <laughs> I, I watched the trailer for it. <laughs> and uh, I like practical because it's a CGI dog. I, I, yeah. I'm a very particular. CGI Harrison Ford. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know how he does that at his age, but uh, I have to yeah. have a practical dog in my movies. Yeah, Harrison Ford hasn't been there uh, on, on a lot of his movies in the last few years. <laughs> um, and he's, he's too busy crashing planes. But um, yeah, that's right. uh, yeah I, I watched that trailer and went, nope. Like, because the thing I most want to see in a movie about a man and a dog is the fucking dog doing the job. Right. The dog could, should go, the, the job should go to a dog and not to a computer. <laughs> now I'm going to, I'm standing by that. Agreed. Did I, did I, oh, okay, good. I thought I got cut off again. Mm-mm. Um, Dan. Okay. A lot of times when, you know, dog, we've been doing this together for oh man five years and i think we've been doing zoom calls together for a long time we were early on that tip earlier um and sometimes you like have a guest that like a lot of times when i don't know i just say shark tail this i would put close to that but i feel like maybe there's a chance he's in it because it feels kind of right but then obviously if it's not i'm just thinking of a movie i can't remember uh Ants? He might be an ants. Is ants the Woody Allen one, or was that Bugs mm-hmm. Life? Yeah, ants is the Woody Allen one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Woody Allen and Sylvester Stallone, and I don't remember any of the other ants. All right. But so- I also feel like I, I feel confident that you're not going to win today. Oh, of course not. No, because I'm, I'm going to write down Ant with a question mark and, and look into it at another time. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. And then I'm going to say uh, what actually might have been the first time I saw Willem Dafoe, because now I'm confused which one came out first, Streets of Fire, or To Live and Die in L.A., mm. which is William Friedkin. And not only is it an incredible movie, it's very entertaining there's lots of good actors in it but it also has a chase scene on the freeway in los angeles where this is the weirdest thing the in the movie a character drives on the freeway up the off-ramp and going the wrong way against traffic and uh you know to get away to you know to escape get away from the cops and william Friedkin closed off the freeways to film the sequence and then had all the cars going in the wrong direction. And so when he goes on on the off ramp and he goes up into all the other cars, all the cars are going the wrong way. He's the only one going the right way. Whoa. It's the weirdest. He says he did that just to make the whole scene more unsettling (laughs) because you're watching it. You don't know why, what is wrong. Right. It doesn't make sense. He's a that dude is fucked up. I mean, you know, he made The Exorcist, so the guy was uh, a <laughs> lunatic. Um, I thought of one. So see, I, I knew yeah. that my a long ass story. I mean, it'll, it'll get said before it comes back to me, but I feel better about myself. Okay, that's good, Matt. Uh, he, I don't know if he was in Ants, but he was definitely in Finding Nemo. There oh, we go. Oh, yeah, that's, see, that's it. Close enough. What was he in Finding Nemo? He was in the fish tank in the dentist's office. Yeah, is he the zebra? He was, he was one of those fish. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know a lot about fish. I like it. I have fish, one. Ants. I, 
I don't know the name of it, but I know that he played Vincent Van Gogh in a terrible movie a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, he got Mind nominated. For he was nominated for that. Yeah, that's yeah, actor. And he was Let's, great. He was great at being in that insanely boring movie. Um, it was I don't so know the boring. name, but I'll just I'll, I'll guess it's called Vincent. <laughs> it feels better than it should. Um, no, it's called. I, and and I'm not even gonna be able to pick up. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to say it correctly. I don't think. Ugh. Matt, oh, I know what it's called. Of- I looked it up, but. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's just called Van Gogh, no? No, 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 no. No, no it's got a name about heaven or a gate or a thing. At Eternity's Eternity. Gate. At Eternity's Gate, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was almost there without uh, looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan? Should have just been called Vincent. <laughs> right? Yeah. Then we really would have known to avoid it. Oh, it's that guy who's going to cut his own ear off. No <laughs> thing. called Paint Vincent. Yeah. Um, all right, the last temptation of Christ. Whoa, yes. damn, Daisy, heavy. I really let that one slip. Nice one. Yeah, that's a really. Uh, that's that's thanks a- to you, Doug, because I was like, I was like, acclaimed director is acclaimed director. <laughs> Scorsese, and then yeah. Yeah, you know who else worked with was um, David Lynch. He was in that movie with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern called Fools. Wild uh, at Heart. Wild at Heart. Wait, hey, are we still playing this game? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm out. You just I'm out, so I'm looking at, the at all the... Saying them out Don't look them up. <laughs> no, I'm out, you guys. Tom, yeah, just consider but, me but the I judge. Mean, I'm trying to say the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to play. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was, let's I was take that take out. again. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, whenever you guys, need, I, whenever you need help, just reach reach over for me for a lifeline. <laughs> okay, Matt. Probably his best movie, Speed Two: Cruise Control. Ooh. <laughs> Confirmed. Oh yeah, he's the bad guy. <laughs> All right. Well, since Dan was wrong about ants, and I couldn't get to that title before Casim, and Casim was out, that means Matt Fernandez, you are our winner today. Yay! Is he Matt? You bested us. You, you win nothing, but yeah. um, <laughs> I had uh, fun. That's that's what we all won today. Was getting to have fun. Um, do you have any more Willem Dafoe's though? Were you ready to go further? Uh, I had Grand Budapest. In my back oh, pocket, but I would have to confirm that. Uh, and I bet you he was a voice in Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. Confirmed Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> yeah, see, the listeners kind of, in the back of their minds, they worry that my guests are cheating during the games. So when you pull up your computer and start saying answers, then it confirms that that's what people can be doing. Right. And at, at my last guest at Eternity's <laughs> Gate, I pulled myself out of the competition. Yeah, that's true. And became became a lifeline. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, I'll just I'm gonna try to remember to say that to people before we start. Please don't just start looking up the, the answers. Because you know, honor, honor old movies. What's that? It's an honor system, yeah. Don't yeah, yeah. It's always the game. 
I, yeah, I think because everyone knows you cheated, Matt. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Nobody knew that's, that he was in Speed 2. <laughs> Fuck that. I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> you did? Yeah, well, when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, you were just at the right When I was age. dumb, Doug. When I was stupid, I loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, it really was um, pretty awful. Yeah, it's not a good movie. And then at the end, when the boat crashes into the city and it just keeps crashing and crashing. Yeah, it goes crashing. for like a mile. <laughs> yeah, it's the longest <laughs> crash ever. It's so weird. Um, okay, so now is the part of the show where we have a couple extra minutes. And I would love to bend your ears, pick your brains, and discuss uh, movies that... Uh, you know, you're watching now during this pandemic and like what, you know, what you would recommend. Uh, like I know Dan said he watched uh, Fury. But like what's something that, have you seen anything that's, you know, uplifting or takes you to a different... There's a, there's a movie on Hulu called The Lodge. Oh, Yeah. It is fucking. I remember the. It is uh, twisty. It's it's a it's not it's a scary movie, but it's not. I don't want you to think it's like a ghost story or anything. It's uh it's really good. It's fucked up at the end. It's a great twist. Couldn't recommend it more. If you have Hulu. The Lodge. I saw yeah. like that's uh, one of the movies that like kind of squeaked out. You know, uh, after all this shutdown, so it's right. been playing at uh, drive-in movie theaters. Yeah, I, I had no plans to see it, but I just found it on Hulu because we were out of stuff to watch. <laughs> out of stuff? Oh, my God. <laughs> There's so many. If you have all the streaming services, it's just yeah, overwhelming yeah. how many options you have. It's, like, and it's so crazy. But that's a good one because I, 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 I needed somebody to recommend The Lodge. I enjoyed it very much. Push me into watching it. Then, you know, someone to call and complain to later if I don't like it. <laughs> What about you, Cassim? Have you been watching anything uh, you've just, particularly enjoyed? Well, I just watched Hamilton. Uh, I had never seen the play. I thought, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. It was, uh, it was informative and easy to listen to, and I get why people like it. Um, but I and did you, come. A, yeah, you uh, let's uh, let's talk about that for a second. Sure, <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> uh, does it? I haven't watched it yet, but the impression I get is it just kind of feels like you're straight up in a Broadway theater. Like they don't try to make it feel like anything other than a, a Broadway show. But they, but there's lots of cutting and stuff. Like lots, lots of cameras. There's lots of cameras. Um, they didn't do anything special. I don't think, except just push in and and uh, take different camera angle uh shots and stuff when there's like a more dramatic moment but other than that you can still hear the audience and it uh, the you know you, it's just like you were there and um you know it's great it's it's uh the audio's great i mean there's it doesn't it doesn't sound like a, one of those cheap concert dvds or something like that it's it's really well done and and for those people who don't have hundreds of dollars to go see it on you know, on Broadway, especially United you can't with the original cast. It's a great way to watch it. How long is it? Oh, it's, it's close and close to three hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's an intermission yeah. and the whole deal. 
That's what I yeah, figured. For some, reason, for some reason, they've really arrived at a template for Broadway musicals where they tend to be with a 15-minute intermission, intermission about two and a half hours long. And it's uh, it, now some some musicals are coming out and bucking that trend and doing like 90 minutes with no intermission and stuff like that, which uh, I've been enjoying because it seems weird to me that a musical just just because it's a musical automatically has to be so long. I did you know? check my watch. Yeah, a couple couple times just to see where we were at with it. Um, and then when you get to intermission, they, they say, hey, it's intermission. What do you do then? Do you pause it or does it, do they actually do a physical intermission? There's a, there is like, I think a one minute timer on the screen and it says intermission and there's like either a 30 second or a one minute timer that counts down. Cause what I do, what I'll do is go stand in a, the longest line I can find uh, when it's time for intermission. Cause the bathroom lines at Broadway theaters are horrible. Yeah. Always, always a long, long ass line. I mean, especially for the women, the women, it's just nuts how long the lines are at the, uh, Broadway theaters because they're old ass theaters that with tiny restrooms. Like I don't know how they. Uh, <laughs> it's it's wild. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're going to Dan now for a movie recommendation. You know, ju just yesterday I released my list of uh, favorite summer movies of all time, but I recently watched because of the footage they use in. I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the HBO documentary about Michelle McNamara. Um, I had never seen Creature from the Black Lagoon. And so I went and watched it for the very first time. And I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I mean, there, you know what? I, as I was watching, I, there's some camera work and underwater camera work in there that I imagine when that movie came out was heralded. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Very good camera work. Um, and lots of but some sort of unintentional laughs throughout. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. There's I mean, like a, the creature's not genuinely scary, right? No, but you do. It does evoke sympathy, and obviously, it's so it, it's so similar to The Shape of Water, which I'm sure is I'm you know Guillermo del Toro loves monsters, so I, I felt like that was kind of a purposeful homage anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But it does. The creature does a like a, that actor does a really good job evoking feeling in a very stiff, uh, you know, prosthetic costume, but it's good. I, I liked it a lot. Um, and then just from some of my summer movies that I recommended yesterday on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. I would recommend, I mean, stand by me is my favorite movie of all time, but some other ones, everybody wants some. I feel like some people haven't seen that yet. Obviously the burbs. Um, Love the burbs. Hell Yes. Burbs is one of my top three Tom Hanks movies next to Nothing in Common. Sardine. Huh? <laughs> the pretzel sardine scene. I'll still oh, say yeah. it that oh, way. Yes. Yeah. And then like Summer Rental, The Great Outdoors, Meatballs. Days of Confused counts in my book because it's the first night of summer. But uh, Wet Hot, Jaws. Yeah. yeah, just lots of movies that take place during the summer and uh, that are, you know, a lot of them are classics. I was having fun yesterday when I saw your list because uh, the great outdoors was on there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just love to point out to people it's, you know, I feel, I feel bad about it, but it's also just so weird that it's in the movie, but you know, you, you can see the trainer stick hitting a bear uh -huh. uh, in one scene in the movie. And I, I'm always kind of, 
saddened by that that he was but it's a big bear and not that big of a stick so i think it's more to get his attention but it still didn't doesn't feel right but it's also yeah. weird that it doesn't seem abusive, but it definitely feels annoyingly prodding yeah yeah and, but that it's but that you could see it in the movie is the craziest part yeah that they just didn't even take it out <laughs> i love that movie um, hey, Cassim, you were going to recommend something else in addition to Hamilton? Um, yeah, no, H- Hamilton's the one. I, there was a movie that I was surprised by that I uh, got a recommendation on, and I, I like like UFO, paranormal, all, all that kind of stuff. And it was a really well done. It's called The Vast of Night. And oh yeah, um, yeah, on I don't Prime? know if you've, it's on Prime. Yeah, and yeah. it's super well done. I had no idea what to expect, and I was pleasantly surprised by the acting and, and the cinematography was great. And it's, you know, it's in the fifties and it has a real strong sense of time and place. And yeah, like, really, you know, it's not about aliens or anything, but it's, it's, it's more about these two characters that kind of uh, discover this radio frequency. And it's um, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of a, a spooky element to it, but it's, it's just really well done. Are they like, do you think they're actual kids or do you think they're playing younger? Um, like were they, cause one How of them was in high school. I think I one, the girl was in high school and the other guy seemed like he worked at the radio station, but maybe he was just at a high school or something. Cause he was walking around with a cigarette the whole time. I don't know if that's just what happened in the fifties or not, but <laughs> yeah, he seemed like he could have been in like, you know, uh, a sophomore or something or junior in college. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're both very young, but they both, uh, the, the performances are so like, I just don't know how they managed to understand the, t- the time period so well. Yeah. I guess it was the director's first outing too. So, um, it was just really well done. Yeah. It's really, uh, atmospheric and, um, uh, yeah, like you said, they just really, uh, nailed that uh time period and and you know and then you also realize as you're watching it that oh okay they also didn't have much money so that also helps to you know make this thing so uh take place you know uh in a simpler time right yeah yeah andrew patterson's the director should give him some props props andrew patterson we're giving them to you um all right. Well, those are some great uh, recommendations. Let me ask the three of you one uh, final, not final question. I hope I ask you questions for years to come. But um, have you? Has anyone seen uh, the movie that stars Ethan Hawke called Predestination? No. No. Predestination. No. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> I. People have been telling me for years that that's the one. That's the one that I'm missing out on. Because I always used to ask, you know, name a movie that I probably, you know, that you think I haven't seen. That's just a great movie that, well, you know, I should, you know, get around to it. And that movie comes up so much and I still haven't pulled the trigger on it. Because a lot of times I get this reaction, which is you have no idea it even exists. It's called Predestination. Oh, Sarah Snook's in it. Yeah. Oh, 2014. It's not even that old. I think the poster <laughs> puts people off because it's just Ethan Hawke holding a gun and that's like every other movie poster. So I wonder if people just wrote it off as like another one of those lame action movies. Maybe. And, you know, and Ethan Hawke, I, I think he's a great actor, but he he's also fantastic. like works constantly. So 
he, he's, you know, he's just in a lot of movies that people aren't even aware of, you know, like I saw him in a movie called Stockholm that I liked a lot and uh, just had a brief theatrical run. And then, you know, I didn't hear much about it, but it's Is that the, uh, the bank robbery. Uh huh. It's about yeah, that, was a, that was a great movie. Yeah. It's about the, the Stockholm syndrome, the, the expression that Ethan Hawke had to play a bank robber who's so charismatic that all the people that he was holding hostage started to root for him rather than the, than the uh, law enforcement. And that's what Stockholm watch. syndrome is. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. That was a good movie. The box um, office for predestination is $201,000. Oh. oh no. <laughs> well, let's, they're going to get it's another $5 of, for me. It, I wonder if that's it has to have at least, yeah, it has to have at least double that number since then, but the, uh, you know, on demand and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh okay so Kasim's gonna watch it take the bullet for all of us and, <laughs> yeah um, let's just do this again tonight and we'll talk about it okay there's a one minute intermission in the middle of it and <laughs> what is it what's other what's other hamilton thing i can say uh, so i'm writing it down that you're gonna watch it Kasim. i will i want a report or anybody that's listening to the show that watches this movie, because I, people really do, when they speak of it, uh, that have seen it, are very passionate about it. It's also got time travel in it, which is, for me, has become tricky, because I think there's a few great time travel movies, and then there's no reason for there to be any other ones. Sure. Right? Um, yes, and it's got, like I said, Sarah Snook, who, which I first saw in Succession, who plays Shiv and she's a fantastic actress. So, I mean, there's, there's two great reasons to watch it. Boom. I love it. That's so cool. Uh, Dan Van Kirk, what have you got to uh, plug, sir? I know you have multiple podcasts going. For sure. Uh, Pen Pals, me and Rory Scoville, Dumb People Town with the Sklar Brothers. And then I do a nightly podcast called The Good Night Show, which is uh, drops around midnight central time. Some episodes are anywhere, usually just around 20 minutes. Just a fun little lighthearted show. Covers a wide variety of topics. And then specifically though, Thursday, July 16th, I'm going to be at Nowhere Comedy Club. You can get tickets at NowhereComedyClub.com or DanielVanKirk.com. They're only 15 bucks. It starts at 6 p.m. on Thursday the 16th. That's 6 p.m. Pacific time. So 8 p.m. Rochelle, Illinois time, my hometown. Um, yeah, tickets are only 15 bucks. There's also an option to do a meet and greet afterwards. And I am doing, I would guess, 85 to 95% of all new material, including a story that I have yet to tell on quote-unquote stage in any comedy form. So if you're interested oh, in got some new stuff, yeah. this is the show yeah. to do it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, if you're tired of Dan's old stuff, check this out. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> give me another chance. <laughs> If you're sick of his older material, mm -hmm. don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. This is going to be new. And uh, yeah, it's, ex it's exciting. Those shows are, uh, uh, you know, I've done a couple stand-up spots on, on the internet and it's, uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, experience. Yeah. They seem to do a pretty good job. I've had ones where I, I, I felt like, you know, we, we, there was, I wondered if we were actually even doing a comedy show. Um, but I have the mic stand and I stand up for it and they encourage that too there for their comics and the way they put everybody's volume down and then also kind of monitor that nobody's trying to take over the show. Uh, I feel like uh, Ben Gleave and those guys do a really good job and, and I hope people come out and just want to hang for a night with me doing some comedy. Right on nowhere comedy.
Yes, seven sixteen comedy club. You got uh, it. Casim G, what are you uh, doing, yeah. man? What are you up to? I do a podcast with um, Jamie Lynn Sigler and Rob Eiler, who were AJ and Meadow Soprano on The Sopranos. So I do a podcast with those two. And it's wow. not a Sopranos podcast, but it's but it does come up, unfortunately. <laughs> and I, I do my best to <laughs> I do my best to not talk about it. Um, but yeah, we we have an ep- new episode up every Monday, um, and the YouTube videos go up every Tuesday. And what's it uh, called? Yeah, just Pajama Pants, uh, Pajama Pants podcast. So you can how did you find me there? How did you uh, arrive at the idea of uh, doing a show with those two, but also having it not really be about the Sopranos? Well, um, you know that I, I met Rob. We shot a pilot uh, for a show years and years ago, and we just were always really good friends ever since. And then um, one of his best friends is Jamie uh, Lynn Sigler, and so the three of us kind of decided to do one. And there's, you know, there's a, the whole rewatch podcast thing is being done and um you know those two have never watched the show so for us to do for us to do one would be uh it'd be a mess to be quite honest but also you know rob doesn't really care too much about talking about the sopranos and we figure there's at least three other shows podcasts that do that and we'll just stick to chatting and uh, but it does come up you know yeah and also i can't stop it I would think that that Rob would be like um, uh, maybe a little touchy on the subject because I, I felt AJ was written in a way that where where people were like uh, you know not liking him even though yeah. the, even though the actor did a good job the character was uh, he did a great job with it yeah and to be honest I think there's a lot of like you know ever since James Gandolfini passed there's a you know because he really was a like a father figure to him so there's a lot of you know, there's some stuff there and he, he doesn't always like to talk about it. So, um, but Jamie's an open book and we've talked about it a bunch. So yeah, go listen if you're interested at all in that. Yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds great. Pajama pants, put it on now. And, um, Matt Fernandez. Well, I, I don't have a podcast, but I was running a weekly show at uh, Divine Brewing in Palm Harbor, Florida. It's closed right now. I don't know when we're going to start back up again, but it's uh, every Wednesday night and every second Saturday of the month. Uh, free show. Come on down. Super funny people from all over Florida. Um, hopefully it starts up soon. Uh, I think my next actual show is in October, but you know we'll see if that happens at Side Splitters. I'll be there with Rich Voss. Uh, I think it's October 23rd, something around there. But like I said, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And uh, there's, my, hmm? there's clubs that are open though in Florida though, right? Yeah. You just, uh, you, you, uh, they can't serve alcohol right now. So it's kind of a bummer. What? Yeah. They, they, no, they, no they bars. allow the clubs to be open and people right. sit near each yeah, other. Bar, bars are open. Just can't you just can't serve alcohol right now. Yeah. It's kind of stupid. Just, I mean, you know, pick a lane. But uh, yeah, my special. I mean, I get, <laughs> I get, the, I get the part about like drunk people are terrible at social distancing. So like, I get that. But sure. uh, why would a bar be open at all if they're not if they can't serve? Yeah, is it even a bar? It's a place to sit. Just a place to congregate. A, I guess. a conference room? I don't know. 
But uh, yeah, my one my one hour specials on Prime. Follow me on Twitter. All that stuff. Yeah, uh, Fat Hernandez on Twitter. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever regret that? The, the it's fun wordplay. It is fun. Occasionally, uh, like if uh, it's an inexperienced host, they'll bring me up on stage with that oh, name. And that that was a bummer. <laughs> Please welcome Fat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like you, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's brutal well thank you to all three of you it's always great to uh hear from each of you and uh anytime you want to come back Cassim, you have to come back real soon because i i want the, the dirt on predestination yeah I'll, I'll make sure to let you know when i watch it <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> very nice um I should mention that uh, my new podcast, yeah, why, why not make up another podcast, right? <laughs> um, my new one is called Wide World of Dugs, and it premieres uh, this Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks again to Cassim G., Matt Fernandez, and Daniel Van Kirk. As thanks, always. Doug. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> As always. That is all. Now it's time for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of gold, his viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no 